Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is StarTalk. Welcome to StarTalk All-Stars. We're your all-star hosts. I'm Emily Rice. I'm an astronomer at the College of Staten Island, City University of New York, and the American Museum of Natural History. And I'm Summer Ash. I'm an astrophysicist at Columbia University, where I am the director of outreach for the astronomy department. And together, Emily and I are the founders of StarTorialist, an astronomy and science fashion blog. Today we're here with our co-host, Chuck Nice. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. we are going to be answering a bunch of cosmic queries about science and about fashion. Yeah, as a matter of fact. And it's it's great. You know, we take these questions from all over the internet and everywhere, every property where you can find Star Talk, whether it's uh, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or you name it, um, uh, Patreon, which is People who actually take the time to give us money, which means that they get um, priority. Yes, that's right. right. All-star access. Yes, because just like politicians, we are not above being bribed. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wonder if that's the reason why we started an astronomy fashion blog. Maybe. Mm. Mm. <laughs> we have some things that we would like to plug. Valentino. Right. For example. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's very cool that uh, uh, the funny thing is people are interested in science as fashion. And we got a bunch of questions that people want to know about that. Let me ask you, how did, how did the Startorialist even come about? That's that's a great question. A famous Jack. origin story. Is there a famous origin yeah. story behind it? Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the Let me just thing. say, I actually already know it. But I have to do my job. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> we don't even know. This is no, a funny I, I don't know it. That's why I'm asking. Like, Go ahead. Like it was kind of it was kind of always there. I think bubbling in the background. Like I remember noticing in graduate school that you could start to buy, you know, clothes with stars on them and clothes with galaxies and this like galaxy leggings. It's, for some reason, it started as leggings. That I don't understand. Okay. But it seemed That's to start. Fashion always leggings. starts apparently. Yeah. Which, <laughs> A lot of, of fashion course. starts as leggings. I mean, look at the Middle Ages. I mean. <laughs> um, and I kind of always had it in the back of my head. Like, of course, as a graduate student, I couldn't afford a lot of these things. You know, I was buying, like, clothes off the discount rack. You don't make a lot of money as a graduate student. It's just, you know, but at least you're, you're getting paid a little bit to, you know, study whatever you want to study, which is an awesome thing about graduate school. Um, but 
I like, and so I, I kind of had it in the back of my head that like, I can't buy everything, but man, I would love to like kind of keep track of it. So, you know, I can see what I'm missing, have this virtual closet or something like that. Mm. Um, and it was kind of in the back of my head for a long time. Um, I splurged on a couple things here and there, you know, when I graduated and stuff like that. And then I came to New York City and it seemed like the, like, startorial universe as it were like exploded mm-hmm. it was now you know not just a couple niche places but on runways and you know kind of everyday stores like what do you call them high street stores like mm-hmm. H&M mm-hmm. and Zara and stuff like that yeah. and, but I was like doing so many things I had this new job and I was like I can't you know I can't do this and luckily I don't even remember where the conversation was I feel like it was at the museum, and it was probably within the first year that you were there. Yeah, like pretty soon. And we just um, discovered that we were both thinking the same thing. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm never going to do this myself. And Summer was like, let's do it together. And kind of, you know, it's like having a gym buddy or something yeah. like that. Yes. And so we came like up with this? this idea. I like this. Right. Yeah, like let's hold each other accountable. Yeah. Um, and we, I do remember distinctly meeting at the cafe, the Hungarian coffee yes, shop, the Hungarian coffee <laughs> by shop. Columbia, um, and, and kind of like, yeah, flesh out like what we would do and like kind of Hungarian coffee shop. Yeah, of course, it's very yes, good. You do. Is it really good? Yeah, it's oh, a yeah. Hungarian pastry shop. Oh, okay, that's what it's called. Yeah, I was okay. going to say Hungary's not really known for coffee, but then again, oh, but no, Turkish coffee. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that makes of, sense. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I do remember as that. As long night. as everything makes sense. Somewhat pieced together origin story, but my favorite. It is we so we and then you know so we kind of brainstormed together, got on the same page, and then made a Google Doc of like all our ideas and you know here's the things that we've seen in, in various places. Um, but we needed a name. We didn't have a name. Right. Um, and we started making a list of like all of these different space puns, <laughs> and they were pretty you know all kinds bad. of like 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 what with like supernova like kind of yeah. psychotour and psychotour supernova. Then again, psychotour if it didn't sound like crazy fashion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> say out loud. Psychotour. I'll with kill you, space, galaxy. Like, yeah. I'll kill you with space. I'll kill you with space. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. This doesn't need our help to kill us. Right. Um, right. That's so true. But, and so we had a whole – actually, it would be really fun to, like, share the, uh, the whole somewhere. list. Of, yeah. I would love to see that works. list of uh, – the because the startorial list actually is kind of amazing. spot on. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can't get yeah. much – you can't get, a, like, a, a much tighter sweet spot yeah. than yeah. startorial list. I mean – So what happened was we were still doing this, like, up, we were both updating kind of the doc and, and sort of just looking at it every now and then to see what the other person had come up with and right. adding comments. Right. And uh, – I was in an office with a couple other people at Columbia postdoc office, and one of my office mates is Josh Peake, who's now um, an astronomer at Space Telescope Science Institute. Right. And we were sitting the there. Hubble Space Telescope Hubble. in Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. Nice. And, and I was sharing with him this idea because he's a super creative person. And he just turned to me one day and he goes, Startorialist. And I was like, oh my God, that's it. That's cool. And I told Emily, and we were like, done. And does he get royalties? Uh, he should. He gets our. He does. He gets I your undying love, love and affection, affection. <laughs> and appreciation. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I sent him one of our favorite. We have a we have a favorite. Did the t-shirt, t-shirt say I came up with the name Startorialist and all I got was this lousy t-shirt? <laughs> you do give him shouts out on Twitter anytime somebody asks us about that. I just yes. tag him. I'm like that was all Josh. We do give him a lot of credit, and I just realized we don't actually have Startorialist t-shirts. 
Yes. Are you kidding me? No, I met another. And I didn't even wear my sartorialist necklace. Oh yeah, we have we do have necklaces, but those are just kind of like like our own necklaces. Yeah, because there are some people who may not want to wear the actual space images, but they would wear sartorialist because it's such a cool name. It is an awesome point. Yeah, so you might want to look into getting some Startorialist t-shirts. I'm just saying. We're working on it. We're babies. It's on the list. We've got a long list of of things that we want to do. That's very cool. Yeah, so now it's Startorialist, and we made sure, you know, we had, and actually I saved the Twitter. It was a Twitter direct message conversation between Summer and I where she was like, Startorialist. And at first I was like, ah, maybe, no, that's it. It I think it took me maybe about three minutes, and the timing is probably still there. And then we we had to check and, like, make sure that it was available on, you know, Twitter. Our Instagram and stuff, right. um, and then we launched three three years ago, almost three years yeah. ago. Three years ago in December is kind of when we started. And so astronomers yeah. have this big conference every year in January. Right. And so we launched kind of in December, like just before that big conference Soft and then had an launch. official kind of launch at the conference in January. Cool. Um, because it was part of it. So our tagline for Startorialist is uh, where science meets fashion and where scientists get fabulous. Oh, okay. Because we also kind of wanted to bring, like, it wasn't just about, like, you know, the the astronomy pictures on clothing, but it was also about encouraging scientists to, like, adopt this kind of fabulousness and, like, display their love for science in what they wore. Express themselves. Express yourself, right. Through fashion. And also recognize that, that there's multiple ways to be a scientist, and so you can wear some little thing or you can wear a lot or you can embrace it and and the great thing is the more people that embrace a love of science the more people will want to adopt science they will want to adopt a love for science because i think that most people feel as though it's such an arcane, uh, esoteric subject that that's for those guys over there. Yeah. People yeah. think like, oh, you know, rumpled shirt and dirty jeans right. and like, you know, tussled hair and you can't right. care and about And you're writing on glass and, all the time. Yeah. Equations. And <laughs> but it's like, no, you can wear, you know, like this amazing ball gown with a photo of the moon on it and right. like also be a scientist. Like, you you know, a lot of it is is and especially for the inclusion of women in science where it's you know much more culturally acceptable for women to like spend time on their hair and time on their makeup and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so it was like women that were into science kind of had to tone that down a little bit because we were afraid that people like wouldn't take us seriously because it's like oh well if you have time to like you know do your hair or wear makeup or something like that then you're not spending enough time doing research oh god for, you know for some reason That's and so awful. we wanted to kind of normalize the fact that you know, you can care about these other things that right. might seem superficial or yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, and which is, and that, that, that is a very female thing, believe it or not, or not, not female thing, but that is a, that's a, um, that's a double standard that's directed only towards females. Not only, I would say, because I think some some dudes like also care a lot about fashion. No, I'm not talking like, about fashion wise. What I'm saying is if you're a scientist not, yeah. and you're a guy, and you love basketball. And you're <laughs> running around spouting stats on players. No one says to you, so when do you have time to do science? You oh, know so yeah. damn much about basketball. You must not be in the laboratory enough or in the, you know what I mean? Nobody says yeah. that. So Yeah, that I uh, agree with, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I got a heavy sigh out of Emily on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's but get it. Also- can I just say another aw- awesome benefit of um, this emergence of all of this science 
fashion and wearable things and things around your house is it's also a really great talking point. And it's a really great like conduit to start conversations about, about science. science. That's cool. I wear a scarf. I go get a coffee. Somebody's like, that's a cool scarf. And I'm like, well, actually, let me tell you, it's this star cluster <laughs> and Hubble cool. took this image. And then we start talking about things. Right. And so it's this really great outreach tool. Oh, that's yeah. Well. I, you know what? Absolute point well taken, because that is a great, great way to start a conversation about science. Yeah. And you'll find so many people who actually once you start talking about science and they'll show you like secretly how much they're really into it. It's funny, you know. Well, speaking of people who are into it, let's uh, let's let's go to our cosmic queries. Um, we always start with the Patreon uh, patron question, and for those of you who support us on Patreon, uh, you know, we will give you priority when it comes to our cosmic queries. Uh, and in addition to that, let me just let you know that anyone listening right now, you can view this podcast in video form on uh, uh, StarTalkAllAccess.com. So everything that we do, you will find on video form on StarTalkAllAccess.com. So you can just, you don't just have to listen, you can watch. Uh, Chris Ryu or Ryu uh, from Patreon says this, how long do you think it will be before there are civilian astronauts wearing fashionable clothing? Now, I, I'm not oh, quite sure what he means civilian. by civilian astronauts. I think we have he, those already. Yeah. So to, like tourists, space tourists. Space tourists. There's a bunch of people who have gone to, right. space, to, go to space. Yeah, paid to go to space. Right. So oh, Lance Bass, Lance Bass never made it. He did he trained. He trained, but he, trained, but he didn't go, right? Did the yeah. Russians canceled the No, I did think he? that it did you Something happened. It didn't necessarily secure him a, a spot. Right. On oh. the, but you got to go through the training and stuff, yeah. but he, he didn't actually yeah. make it into outer space. But the, uh, the Intrepid Museum that's here in New York City, and you know in the Space Shuttle Pavilion, they have the Space Shuttle on the aircraft carrier, and they have a Soyuz there. Yes. And the Soyuz came from a space tourist. I forget the guy's name, which was is the a, first a one? shame. It wasn't the first one, I don't think, but it was a guy who paid yeah. to go into the space, like with with the Russians, and then he came back, and they were like, and that was you his know, capsule. Yeah, they were like, you want the capsule too? <laughs> and he's wow, like, yeah. Yeah. I forget I'll how many a couple millions more million of dollars there. it was. Yeah, but you know, for it's yeah. like you know, you do a skydiving, you know, trip or something like that, and then it's like, oh, and you pay an extra twenty dollars yeah. for the, you the plane. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you want the plane, dude? Yeah, yeah you can have the capsule, <laughs> and he donated it to the Intrepid, which That's I think amazing. is just a wonderful yeah. story. That's very very cool. But, so space tourists. So so, but, uh, so there already are space tourists. Yeah. But and the other thing is that this. So the space fashion, the kind of start like. So we do astronomy, like we're astronomers, but we really our blog is kind of more even broader to science fashion in general, and especially space travel. Mm-hmm. I think Summer's an even bigger fan than I am. And one of the awesome things is that like the space wear, like the astronaut outfits, like jumpsuits and, mm-hmm. and space, um, you know, space suits and things like that are coming into fashion. Right. Like, you know, yeah. bomber jackets, like, you know, Mike Massimino can be the Flight coolest suits. guy on the street by just wearing his blue astronaut jacket yeah. all over the space. Uh, so it's kind of going the other way. Like right. astro astronaut fashion is becoming fashion. Becoming yeah. Regular there was like fashion. Whole, like Kickstarters, like that beta brand jacket, yeah. you know, using yeah. kind of the similar materials like Tyvek. So for really lightweight materials and similar designs of like the white with red stripes and with patches and things like that. Or with the orange jumpsuits. That was on what runway show was that? I believe. Orange is the new black. <laughs> I believe that was the show. Yeah, no. Well, there was there was NASA stuff. It was um, oh, it was in Houston. It's a designer that likes Houston and is based there. And there, she took her influence from both Houston and Texas, like floral and fauna. But it's also mixed with official NASA patches. Right. And I'm totally, it's totally escaping me right now. 
Well, that's we'll cool. Find it. But we're on our way, basically. Yeah. We're we're headed yeah. in that it's direction. It's there. Yeah. It's already it's, it's already happening. Like I got a pair. Fashion. I got a pair of Vans. Um, oh yeah. That are practically like they're an imitation um, inspired by the moon boots. Right. So it's like off-white canvas. It has a big fat big blue, fat blue thing, and then it has a patch for um, either the U.S. Right. Uh, flag, and it has a remove from flight zipper up the back, like with the red tag. Nice. <laughs> remove before remove flight. Remove before, before flight. flight. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yo, that's cool. I love nice. it. No, well, excellent. Well, there you go, Chris. There's your answer. We are we are more than on our way uh, to space fashion everywhere, which is a good thing. All right, let's move on. This is Jack McCormick coming to us from Facebook, and Jack says this. How much more advanced? This is not a fashion question, but this is just... We can uh, do it. Yeah, you know, I'm sure you guys can handle this. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is what he says. How much more advanced are the signal-sending devices on our solar system exploring satellites and space telescopes? Uh, space telescopes compared to earth wi-fi transmitters nasa gets a signal from pluto i lose my signal when i sit in the corner of my kitchen so <laughs> the thing about that transmitter from exactly pluto, what i was gonna say yeah, what is it one it's like a modem kilobyte per second what it's less yeah. than a modem the things now, that are in space first of all they're uh, built so far in advance right that the they're not, they don't have what we have yeah. right the technology yeah. surpasses them because they're built so far yeah a, a, and everything they also have limited uh space on the craft so there's a size limitation, right. there's money limitation, there's weight limitation. Right. So they really try so to go with what with... can work with the mission. All right. So then why is it? Is it just the space is a vacuum and that there's lack of interference? Why is it that something that's one kilobyte uh, from Pluto, we're not getting losing a signal. It's not losing a signal, oh. but he's right. Yeah. If if I were to if I were to walk from my living yeah. room to my kitchen, I start roaming. <laughs> what the hell is that? You should check with the architect of your building. <laughs> I think it is the, so like, it's not just the signal coming from Pluto, but it's this awesome thing that we have on Earth called the Deep Space Network. Ah. It's big dishes that There's are spread all over the Earth so that even as the Earth rotates and, you know, certain parts of the Earth face towards or away the different satellites, then mm -hmm. you can, and you can monitor this all online, which is super cool. Like you can go to the Deep Space Network um, website and see like which dishes on Earth are communicating with which satellites and things like that. And so it's, it's because one of, of my this, favorite websites. Yeah. Oh, and it's not cool. just NASA, right? It's all of the different space agencies, I believe, share the deep space network. Yeah. And then you can also see the antenna will have two different signals, one that does, uh, one that shows that the antenna is sending a signal to that spacecraft and right. one that shows that the spacecraft is talking to the antenna. Wow. And then you can click on the antenna or the spacecraft and find out more information about it itself. It's phenomenal. That is yeah. amazing. It's interactive. It's live. That, it's, and it's live. It's live stream. So it's all the stuff that's happening while you're watching it right yeah. then and there. Yeah. And, and they have there... the same thing up in the control room in JPL. Mission Control has the exact same display up there. Wow. That is super cool. That is super cool. Well, there's your answer, Jack. It's um, it's it's really the fact that you need um, a big giant dish in your house <laughs> so, so, so that it. you can get any signal that is sent. It's not it's not the signal being sent. It's the way it's being received, you know? Yeah. And you yeah. know what? Now I understand what my wife means when she says, I just can't talk to you. <laughs> you don't get anything I'm saying. I, I need a big... You don't have the right receiver. Like, I need a big... I don't have the right receiver in my head to understand what this woman is talking about. So now I get... Oh, you have cleared up so much for me. <laughs> we have to take a break, but we'll be back with more Star Talk All-Stars right after this. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. 
Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com slash us slash switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. Welcome back to Star Talk All Stars. We are your All Star hosts today. I'm Summer Ash. And I'm Emily Rice. And we've been talking to Chuck Nice about stellar fashion and all things startorial because Emily and I run Startorialist, an astronomy and science fashion blog. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, the cool thing is, well, we're doing our, our um, Cosmic Queries, of course, where we take all of your questions, those of you who are listening out there, uh, whether you send them to us on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever we are found on the internet. But uh, before we get back into our queries, I really do want to talk about the Startorialist and your fashions, because you are wearing your fashions right now. And maybe you can describe to the people exactly what you have on, by the way, all very, very cool. Um, I would I would absolutely wear the hoodie that Emily is wearing. And for those of you who are wondering what this might look like, well, that's, there's a very simple solution to that. You can go to StarTalkAllAccess.com where you can actually see this podcast in video form. So uh, tell me about what you're wearing. Uh, Emily, you have on this hoodie. And yeah. what is on the hoodie first? I have this hoodie. It's by Black Milk Clothing, okay. um, who I think is the, the, the company, at least it's the first company that I came across that made the Galaxy leggings that we were talking about earlier but now they make all kinds of things dresses hoodies um and so i happened to buy a hoodie because it's a nice and big size and it covers my uh star forming region in my belly right yes. now <laughs> you can also see on star star talk all stars all access. yes for those of you who are wondering what that means uh emily is with child <laughs> and about to give birth to something that will totally change our universe <laughs> 
<laughs> so I've heard. Um, <laughs> this one is called. So the, the one of the weird things about astronomy fashion is that like the names of things aren't always accurate. But we try to, you know, it's, that's especially where we come astronomers. In. Yeah, that's where kind of we come in. We have actually two. Um, uh, kind of characters on the blog. One's pedantic astronomer that likes to correct everything, and then we have poetic astronomer that really like loves everything spacey, no matter what it is. And so this one's called like a purple galaxy sweatshirt, but it's actually kind of bluish and reddish, and it's actually images of um, the constellation Orion. Yeah, so we can actually point out like the the Horsehead Nebula and the Flame Nebula that are in Orion's belt. Okay. I think this is actually the Orion Nebula up on my shoulder. Nice. So yeah. this is a wide field image of something that we can see in the night sky, like a wide field image in the Orion constellation. Wow. And that particular image is gleaned from where? This one I actually don't know. Okay. That's bad of me because usually I know. I think this one is not the Hubble Space Telescope because okay. it's a, this is a much wider field of view than gotcha, the Hubble Space gotcha, Telescope. Gotcha. And so I think this is some kind of ground-based telescope, and I believe it's also an optical image. Okay, gotcha. Um, and it could even be an amateur image because this is something like this wide of a field of view is relatively, it's even more easily obtained by a small telescope. Cool. Cool. Then you know what? All those things are asked in our queries. So that's oh, a, it's, you've, you've touched on some points that we're going to get to. Uh, just a tease for those of you listening. And um, Summer, what are you wearing? Because that is that's really cool. Would you say it's out of this world? I would indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so it's also a hoodie, except that it's um, it's open in the front and it's reversible. Nice. So there's a company, another company that does a lot of the galaxy prints, um, mm-hmm. and they're based here in Brooklyn. Um, Sorry, we're not in Brooklyn, but they're very close by. And they're called Shadow Play NYC. Right. And so they did a limited release maybe last year or a year and yeah. a half ago. Um, and so it's a it's a proper hoodie. And on one whole side, it's a print of what they call Sagan's Galaxy. Yeah, they call this one Sagan's, Sagan's Galaxy. Yeah. Also actually a nebula. And this nebula is NGC... Oh, 602. I think NGC 602. I and knew you would. I knew she'd have that. Either guess what? You, the small Magellanic Cloud. I and you got it that. right. What do you know? There yeah. you see. Look at that. How? Chuck is fact checking us live. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and so you can either wear it with the galaxy on the outside and then sort of have this loose folding over lapel that's black, or you can reverse it and then have the little peak of the galaxy. Oh, I have this, yeah. Sort of showing. And Emily same. actually, I think, has a matching I scarf. I think it's the same image on the scarf. Yeah. yeah. I brought my scarf along same. and it's the same image. It's a little the bit easier to scarf, see on that's the scarf. Cool. Yeah. So Shadow Play would nebula. actually have uh, a series of products with the same galaxy and the same print on they would have a a dress top a shirt top a scarf on two different sizes wow Um, here's my favorite part my favorite part because this is like a nebula in the either the large or the small magellanic cloud Mm -hmm. i can never remember and so it's this kind of you know it's it's a lot of diffuse gas and you can see individual stars but then you can also see this tiny little spiral galaxy that's actually a very even more distant foreground or background galaxy yeah and so I just love, you know, the the combination of stars and galaxies and, and gas and colors and... and all, like all put together. There's a whole idea of depth of field, too. That yeah. Space, there's so many things that are out there and they're, they're, they look like they're over... They look like they might be at the same distance. But they're, but they're not. not. You're they're, seeing a yeah, whole range right. of distances. You can just kind of keep going. And ages and times and all that cool stuff. Well, that's super cool. But I also have... There's another cool company that we know of called... Um, they used to be called Jersey Maids and now they're... Yugen? Yugen Tribe. Yugen Tribe. Yeah. Um, and they have like a couple different necklace series where they are 
That's a locket. Magnetic. Oh, that's a magnet. That yeah. looked like so a locket. You can buy oh. a whole set of magnets that are different galaxies and nebulae. And then switch them out. And Shot customize. Right. Or they have a solar system one, too, where yeah. you can just pick your planet. And, and you're planet. wearing this pendant, and it looks like planet. something from Men in Black. Like, that should be yeah. an actual, like, there's there's a spaceship parked off of our uh, uh, off of Earth right now waiting to kill us all so it can get that pendant. <laughs> yeah. That's what that looks like. This is actually the Cat's Eye Nebula, isn't it? I think so, yeah. 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 All right. So it's a, and this is a funny thing with nebulae that um, uh, they call it a planetary nebula, but the, it's sort of, they used to think that was where the, the beginning of the process of planets forming started, right. Right. Um, but it's actually the Nothing end stage of a star's life. Oh, so we thought it was the birth and it's really the it's death. It's really the death. Oh, it's, they die in it's spectacular. The Benjamin, it's the Benjamin Button of space. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. such a cute baby that's about to die. Okay. All right. Yo, that is super cool. That is all great stuff, man. Uh, it's like this all the time. Yeah. Guess what? Who, who kind of do. You should. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, really. And like you say, it looks good, and it's also a conversation started, too, so I, I kind of dig it. Yo. All right. Well, let's get back into our cosmic queries and... Um, that's the first time I've ever sung that. And I got to tell you, <laughs> it, felt, you. Sounded good. it felt really good. Cosmic queries. So you should do a jingle. <laughs> let's some, put that on a note. Yeah, let's Check put it. it <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, here we go. Um, you know what? I found this to be a fascinating question uh, from Martin uh, Moriera uh, on Facebook. I'm not sure if he's, I think I know what he's trying to say here. What happens if the Earth is really a flat surface, but from space seems round because of the distortion of the gravity that produces on light when it reaches our sight? Is it possible to believe that the entire universe is like a giant 3D flat surface that we understand as round objects because of the gravity? I'm not a flat Earth guy, by the way, just wondering. Now, what he's saying is somewhat obfuscated by a few different things that he's drawing from, if mm -hmm. I think I understand him. Mm -hmm. One, the Earth is actually round. It's like a ball. It is a sphere. It doesn't appear to be a sphere. Wait, I should let you guys explain all this. <laughs> what the hell am I doing? You can explain I'm the not question. I'm yeah. not, but I'm trying to explain the question. Yeah. So, but what I think he is trying to do is ask you about what I believe to be the theoretical shape or topology of the universe ah. because there are two mm -hmm. different universes. There's the real universe, okay? Um, there's the universe that we see, and then there is the theoretical topology of the universe, which is 3D. So can you can you explain that? Because I don't even think I explained it well, yeah. but I think I know what he's talking about. Right. It, it, does that make sense, what I just said? Well, your question, your interpretation of the question makes sense. Okay, then, then let's I go with say, my interpretation yeah, of the question. Because yeah. I don't want to say to Martin, yeah. your question doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Your question doesn't make any sense to anybody but me. <laughs> yeah. So but, can I just take the yeah, first part just it. to okay. clarify what you were saying, that there are these two things that we describe as the universe. Yes. And one of them is the universe that we see, which we call the observable universe. Okay. So that one is us here on Earth looking out in all directions. Right. And as far as we can see. And right. so that forms a sphere. Right. Because we're uh -huh. it's a, kind it's of a around sphere. Us. We're looking all around. So yeah. that's the observable universe does have a geometric shape in 3D space that we can say is a sphere. Right. But the universe itself, mm -hmm. that's a different question. And you can't really conceive it as a 3D dimensional shape, but you can describe it by what happens on different 3D dimensional shapes 
for space and time. Like so that's yeah. that's where that flat it's harder and to comprehend thing. the kind of ge- the overall geometry of the universe because it's really a geometry in not the three dimensions that we're used to, but the four dimensions of space and time. Right. And so we think on the largest scales that the universe is actually flat overall. Overall. So unlike the Earth that it you know looks flat nearby and right. but is actually round if you go far enough, the universe we think looks flat nearby and is also flat at large distances, at large extents. Right. Um, but that's flat in three dimensions and not two dimensions. Right. Because when we, we look out... Three space dimensions of the universe. There you go. All right. Cool. Cool. See that... That, that describes... Uh, and it's because it's flat because if you went in one direction, you would never come back to where you started. I think so, yeah. Which is what the sphere would describe. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That you could come back to where you started if the universe... Was a was had a spherical topology. Yeah. Okay. We could also, and there's even a third yeah. option instead of spherical or flat. The universe at one point, like the other option, was it's sometimes called a shadow, saddle, saddle shaped topology, more like a Pringle oh. as opposed to a sphere. Oh. Yeah. A salty it would parabola. Have been delicious. Yes. <laughs> a delicious salty oh parabola. Now I'm hungry. But... I don't know why. <laughs> Wow. We've ruled out that, and we think we've also ruled out the pot. This the the saddle or or Pringle shape is called a negative curvature. Negative curvature. And the the positive um, curvature is the the spherical shape. Right. So we think we've ruled those out, and we think that the universe overall is flat. Okay. But flat in three 3D. dimensions of yeah. space. Right. And really Not flat like you look time. at a piece of paper flat. Yeah, because that's okay. flat, in, that's two flat in two dimensions. Because that's flat in two dimensions. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, because th- we're looking at it in the four dimensions. And then there's the four dimensions of space it's and time. time. Yeah. Gotcha. We start to talk about travel and See, yeah. light moving through space. And Let me tell you something. I, I, I got to tell are you. are we talking about fashion? Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. going to say, let's get back to fashion, but still, that was I'm a, wrapped in that space was still time. a fascinating, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a fascinating question, Martin. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we did it. Let's get back to something fashion. Let's um let's go to um uh this comes to us from Google Plus with uh no name on it. Wow. Sorry about that. Here we go. I have noticed an increase in space inspired clothing and have always wondered, why is it always cats and galaxies? <laughs> Could it be that cats are our superior beings, the creators of our universe, observing from inside? What do you think this new fashion trend show, where it will go? I personally love how it spreads science. Um, there you go. Uh, oh, it's from He Who Is Nobody. That's, <laughs> that explains the, the lack of a name. There you go. Lack of a name. He Who Is Nobody. So there you go. What is the deal with cats What's in up space? With cats in space? We've <laughs> also noticed that. It's well, such it's a thing. Fabulous things to look at. I enjoy cats I and I enjoy cats. space. And sometimes, sometimes it's also pizza. Sometimes it's yes, pizza cats and pizza space and space. Yeah. yeah, we actually have a special. So we have like days of the week themes for our blog. Okay, like we have Moon Monday or Moon Day. We have Tuesday Shoes Day. Tuesday Shoes Day. So, so sometimes they're like different, um, you know, different astronomical objects. Sometimes they're different, um, like clothing themes for different days of the week. And for Saturday, we not only we have Saturn Day. Or you know, Saturnalia. The, the Saturnalia. Like uh-huh. Um, that the, of course, the day was named after that's the planet. Like, that's the um, But we also have Catterday. Catterday. <laughs> that's a thing on the internet. That's a thing on the and internet? And you think like, oh, you know, a couple, you know, space cat things, and, and that'll be done pretty quickly. And, oh, They no, just keep coming. There's lots and lots of, like, there's a whole cast, cat, cat, trust, castronaut. 
Astronaut. Astronaut. Okay, I'm going to tell you, as a man, it sounds painful. <laughs> it's I, a cat in a space suit. I, I, no, I'm just it's telling you right adorable. now. The one Don't thing worry. I'm not signing up for the astronaut program, you know? That's all I'm telling you. Kitty, kitty, kitty astronaut, I should maybe say. <laughs> I kind of want to come back of pigs in space because I grew up I know, on that right? and that pigs was kind space. of amazing. That's, yeah. So we should have yeah, Miss Piggy. We should start space. a Miss Piggy in Galaxy. Pigs in space. Well, that's <laughs> very cool. I'm glad. Lots of cats, and we don't know why. I think maybe. Maybe because it's the internet. Cats. Yeah. That's the internet it loves space. The internet, internet loves cats. You put the two together the and you get loves, cats. Yeah. Right. All right. All um, by the way, I found out that uh, this was actually not from He Who Is Nobody. It's from Snap Shooting, and it came to us. Uh, from Instagram. Okay. Uh, Instagram with, also loves cats. Yeah, so that's that a, oh, yeah. that is so true. I yeah. follow a lot of cat accounts. There, there you go. <laughs> uh, and now here's, a, here's a, what, what He Who Is Nobody actually wrote in, which you guys may not be able to answer but it says sounds like a challenge no no, no it's, it's just the nature of the question it's really not a challenge okay. uh, which garment of Dr. Tyson's do you think best captures the cosmos aha I should have worn a different shirt today why because <laughs> I have a shirt that is inspired by Neil's star vest by his star vest yes. he does have the celestial vest which it's has got right. the I have a thing with the personified the, sort not of here. Yeah, it's a, it's a very like it's it's very eighties. I think I think it was a thing in the eighties that came from like glassware or something with right. the you know the crescent moons with the right. face the in faces it, and the on sun it, and with the triangle and, and it looks like it's hand drawn. It wouldn't yeah. be like it's yeah. not like a photo image. Tapestry or hand drawn. Yeah, which is a, I mean that's uh, that's yeah. iconic. The fact yeah. that he's in a Superman comic yeah. wearing that, and you know the fact that you can his Lego character has it on it. Character like. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. Neil, Neil is a Lego character? I don't know. I did not know that. Is Neil a Lego character? Let me check the booth. He, it's not an official. Let me check the character. It's like a custom, you know, how you might buy a custom Star Trek or Star Wars figure. It's a right. custom Lego figure that this woman named oh Maya Weinstock Oh, my God. Weinstock that would makes. be so awesome. I just want to hear Neil just singing, everything is awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> so there's uh, another one of our vendors, um, Pauline Acklin. Made a T-shirt that has the vest on it. That so had you can w- so you can wear the T-shirt. Yeah. You know what, like a tuxedo T-shirt, but it's it's a Neil Tyson vest T-shirt. Vest oh my god! T-shirt. So it's it's actually Neil's vest on, on a, t-shirt. a T-shirt. How yeah. meta is that? That's a crazy. So I like to wear it and say, "Today the role of Neil Tyson will be played by Summer." <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, so we have to take a break. Okay. And maybe when we come back, we can talk about the makeover, the fashion makeover that we would love to give Neil Tyson. Oh, let's do that. <laughs> You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? Planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship. From a ride on Bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at the Cloud Nine Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. Whatever your vibe is, you'll come home with plenty of stories to tell. So pack those bags, be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun 
like Carnival. Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, the Bahamas, and Panama. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You saw the potential, and through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome back to StarTalk All-Stars. I'm Emily Rice. And I'm Summer Ash. And thanks to our co-host, Chuck Nice, for being here. Yes. Talking this is about fashion. fashion. This is fun. I love it. And, you know, we've gotten and some... And science. Fashion and science. They're not two different things. There's well, this big intersection. Venn diagram. Yeah. <laughs> they do overlap. Yeah. Fashion and science. And they overlap on what you're wearing right now, both of you, which are wearing really cool fashion-inspired uh, hoodies, which I, I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm, do they have any that are darker? Like... I like it yes. like oh, yeah. just where it's like just like a spiral galaxy on the front or yep. something like that. Oh, yeah. I could find that yeah. like oh, yeah. in a hoodie. Cause I'm gonna, yes, we yes? can send it to you. You can send it to me? Absolutely. I'm going to buy it. You just yeah. made a sale. I'm all about it. <laughs> Sweet. I'm telling you. I'm I really wish we sold stuff. I know. <laughs> oh, really? We're going to get on that. Well, we can, wait a minute. On it. Wait a minute. We're a you blog. guys just blog about it? You don't actually sell stuff? In all our spare time. Ladies, we have got to talk, okay? Cause. We're working on it. Like, actually, one of the things that we would like to share with you is that we started to collaborate with some people that are designers. So one of the great things about about making this blog is that we've we've come into contact with a lot of people who make science-inspired clothing and jewelry and things like that. And so right. we have inspired um, mostly jewelry so far. Yeah, have, we, have we done clothing? Jewelry. Like, not yet, maybe. Yeah, I think we might be working on, on something for us. Yeah, we're um, on the cusp. But we have a new collection that's coming out very, very soon with Sai Sheik, who is actually an engineering student, an undergraduate student. She, I think she's graduating in, in December. Okay. Um, and she does 3D printed jewelry. Oh, cool. So I'm holding up one now that is actually, do you recognize this? Uh, all I know is this. There are two spheres, one very large, one very small circles. Because they're not spheres, because they're, yeah, flat. they're flat. They're flat. And then around it, there seems to be um, like a pattern that uh, circles the large circle. And then that pattern then proceeds to the small circle and goes around it several times. So, yeah. and I got to tell you, I'm, 
I have an idea, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of like it looks almost like an abstract pattern or something like that, like a right. curly cue or yeah. something. It, yeah, it almost looks like a treble clef. I was going to say, uh, it, looks it almost like yeah. looks like a treble clef yeah. Yeah. or a musical note. It actually represents the lunar orbit insertion trajectory. Ah. So this is the trajectory orbiting Earth and then going to the moon, moon orbiting around, around the moon, the moon that the Apollo astronauts took. Nice. Yeah. And That's, you can wear it as jewelry. Yeah. The, it's 3D printed by an amazing company. And why is it a lunar Earth insertion? Why do they call that the insertion? Where's that come oh, from? A lunar orbit insertion. A lunar orbit you're insertion. Inserting the spacecraft into the lunar orbit. Gotcha. I believe. All right. Yes. So that's cool. That's exactly right. And so I wore right this away, on yeah. my Star Talk episode. Oh, nice. Uh, with a moon t shirt. Oh, well. very cool. Yeah. You can I, also accessorize and. You can dress all in moon if you yeah, like. Yeah, all moon if you want. And let me just say that. Uh, uh, lunar orbit insertion sounds so, so very dirty. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Star Talk after hours. Yeah, that's Star Talk. <laughs> Star Talk after dark. Star Talk all, all access. <laughs> Coming later. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. So, so she, that's one that she already had, and she teamed up with us and said, what would you like to see 3D printed that you can wear as jewelry? Nice. And so we picked out some what things. We, we picked out the you got Hubble, the Hubble telescope, telescope right there. I see that. right? Yes. And then this one's a little bit trickier. It's Let a bunch see. of little squares, but this means a lot to me. Uh, this is the field of view of the Kepler Space Telescope. Okay, I was going to say, thank God I didn't know that. Because <laughs> if I had gotten that, I've been hanging around you guys for too long. Okay, I went into the wrong field <laughs> profession if I actually recognized that yeah. as the field of view of the Kepler. I would have, yeah. you know, but that's really cool, though. Cool. And can you tell me uh, how that represents the field of view of the Kepler, please? So this is, yeah, this is actually, like, by field of view, I mean, this is literally, like, the each of the little rectangles is what... Kepler uses to collect data. Okay, gotcha. So, so you can think of it as the field of view as like the kind of footprint on the sky that right. Kepler can observe. Right. Or you can think about it on the opposite sense that this is actually the detector in the telescope. Right, okay. So this is like the detector that's collecting all of the photons from right. the stars. So it would be like if if, if, if it's outside, it's what it's seeing. And if it's inside, then it would be like the CMOS chip on a camera. Yes, exactly. Right? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. And then we also have one that's... Another one. Oh, what's that? You okay, can also let me tell see. me if you recognize. Let me see that. It's been in the news lately. Yeah, I do not recognize that, and uh, and I can't remember. Go ahead. But it's the James ahead. Webb Space Telescope. That's it. It's so the, mirror, the primary mirror segments from the James honeycomb Webb mirror telescope. segments. Honeycomb mirror segments. Yes. And they it, the telescope is now fully manufactured and right. assembled. And when are we now launching? They have to do the testing. In October 2018. So to, yeah, October 2018, uh, Web, the Web telescope yeah. will go. And unfortunately, uh, um, this is supposed to be, this will be, it's not supposed to be, this will indeed be the most advanced telescope that we have ever put into space. Oh, yeah. And it will allow us to see imagery that we've never seen before, right? Yeah, absolutely. And as opposed to Hubble, um, this one is going to primarily look in the infrared. There will be some overlap Mm -hmm. The visible wavelengths. Okay. But this one is also going not in Earth orbit. Right. But it's going it's to what we call a Lagrange point, which is a stable orbit on the far side of the moon. Right. That's, it's, wow. So there's no repair in it. Right. Well, yeah. Once it's gone, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Right. But that's also so, because it's infrared, Earth actually radiates in infrared. Like, we sort of give off heat. We have... Right. Some heat, excess heat to give off. And it's so it doesn't actually get contaminated or it doesn't... 
right. influence. Right, the it won't influence the the imagery that yeah. we that we receive. Yeah. Uh, but okay, yeah. cool. Yo, that is all so, yeah, cool. This cool. is stuff that we helped design. I love it. All right, that is awesome. Let's move on to uh, another query. This one from Ryan Parker, coming to us from Facebook. Thank you for writing in, Ryan. Ryan says this: Are the guidelines for manipulating interstellar images, such as the fabulous ones from Hubble, um? We often see contrast-enhanced, wildly colored, finished photos and wavelengths that we wouldn't be able to perceive with our feeble senses. But is there a point when it becomes too close to fantasy? And by the way, I am writing from um, 45.5 to 31 <laughs> degrees north, uh, 122.6765 degrees west, just so you know. We're pointing our space, uh, our our spy satellite. Yes, right where you are. Right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch out, Ryan. We're watching you. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I see what he's saying. Some of these, t- explain to us about the imagery that we see. I mean, yeah. more importantly than what he's talking about, the manipulating of these images for fashion purposes. When we see these images, what are we really looking at? And that's, I think that's what he's trying to get to. Yeah. And when do we take those images? interpretations, if they might be called that, too far? The the answer is that it varies as to, like, how realistic it is, something that we're looking at. Okay. Um, like he said, there's, you know, there's visible light that we can see with our eyes, and I think that my sweatshirt is, is an image taken in visible light. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's infrared images, infrared light that we can't see with our eyes, and the Hubble telescope also observes an infrared light. Right. But we can take that, and we just have to take that data, it's real scientific data, and then map it to colors that we can see. Okay. Um, and, you know, and so some people might say, like, oh, but that's not realistic, but it's still real. It's real scientific data. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of the um, space agencies that run these space telescopes are very good at doing it in very kind of repeatable, reproducible ways. Mm-hmm. So, for example, a lot of of um, the space images come from the Hubble Space Telescope, which is very well known, but also the Spitzer Space Telescope is less well known. It's an infrared space telescope that was in an, it still is in an Earth trailing orbit. Not all of the instruments work anymore, but um, it observed images in infrared wavelengths and mid-infrared wavelengths longer than our eyes can see. And also the Chandra X-ray telescope works in X-rays, so really high energy photons. Nice. Um, And all of these, like, you know, because they're also NASA telescopes, all of the data is public. All of the images are public for public use, you know, creative commons. Like, you can put them on stuff and sell them, yeah. these images, which is fantastic for designers. Um, and even some of my favorite images are the same object, the same space object, maybe a nebula or a galaxy, observed by all three different space telescopes. And are there three and different, combined. right, but now would there be three different uh, uh, renderings? It'd be three different. It'd be it'd be all the same picture, mm-hmm. but there'd be kind of three different like color palettes a little bit. Gotcha. And so, for example, okay. this NGC six hundred two that Summer's wearing this this there's this one version um, that's just the Hubble image, but then there's another version that also adds the Spitzer observations and the Chandra observations, and it's much more kind of neon because you usually map the X ray. Um, data, the X-ray photons to kind of neon blue or purple or pink or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the infrared images also tend to get like bright red or green or something like that. They kind of map the the data that is at wavelengths that we can't see onto particular colors that are representative. Gotcha. And it's an art form as well. There's some people that do this professionally for astronomers to make press release images and things like that. And it's just, it's beautiful what they can come up with. 
Um, and I just wanted to add that actually, so those different wavelengths, especially for objects that I like, which are supermassive black holes mm -hmm. in the center of galaxies, right. the different wavelengths are actually seeing different material. Okay. Yeah. So the infrared is also much more sensitive to dust. Okay. Um, and the X-ray is really sensitive to hot gas. Right. And so a lot of times for those images of galaxies in those different wavelengths, you're not actually seeing the same sort of outline right. or object even. Right. The, the, the emissions coming in different shapes. Right, because the materials that they're actually being able to see yeah. uh, are different. Yeah, right. and they're invisible in some of the other wavelengths. Exactly. So then you put them all three together. Uh -huh. And the cool thing about, that's what I love about astronomy too, is that you have to look in all these different ways to see the full picture. See the full picture, right. Yeah. And, and yeah. so it's just like, it's so, so uh, if I might, and I'm, I'm just... I'm spitballing here because I'm do trying it. to get my own. And my, this yeah. is what I do. I, I, I listen to this stuff. Spitball. I learn something. No, I learn something. And then I see if I'm processing it correctly yes. by what I'm able to make uh, an association. Yeah. So how I'm able to make the association lets me know, do I really understand you? And so when you're talking about these wavelengths and you're talking about the materials, it's yeah. kind of a, it's kind of like hypersonic sound versus sound that we can hear. Is it along those? Ooh, you understand what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it's like, yes, that sound is there. You just can't hear it. But yeah. if I were able to to get you a different listening device, then you would actually have a representation of what it sounds like to you. But that's not actually the hypersonic sound that you're hearing. Yeah. That's your representation of the hypersonic sound because you can't hear it. Yeah. Is it that right? Like, that's like true. feeling the sound. You know, sometimes there's a bass that's like so low that you can't yeah. hear right. it. Or, you right. Or feel yeah. it. Exactly. Or yeah. like a high pitched thing that like you, you can't hear it, but maybe you can see it. You can see it vibrating. vibrating. So yeah. this is what it's like. I yeah. mean, for me, yeah. So see, they so. Just kind of translate it into. Right. Those things are all just spectrums of frequencies. There you go. So spectrums sound frequency, light frequency. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so the thing is with the images that match up with the galaxies, right. you have a picture that's showing you three different things going on in the galaxy, nice. too. Yeah. And so those are my favorite composites. That's cool. Yeah. So when yeah. you get those composites, it's bringing them all together. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. It's not just the colors, but it's also like the physical phenomenon that produce yeah. these nice. this radiation that uh, it's so science. Yeah, it it's really just, is. It's, it's like really, an image on a T-shirt. And it it's is. so and it's, rich yeah. with science. It's amazing. All right. Here we go. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> uh oh. Here we go. Jess Mink from Facebook says, why are galaxy prints so awesome? They're, they are on everything. Are they real nebulas or an artist's interpretation? Either way, they are awesome. Yeah. Okay. I got a feeling that Jess is about uh, 13. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I would use I, awesome. I would use just awesome. As, yeah, I say awesome just as much, even too. though I know we're not supposed to necessarily. Yeah, but exactly. That's what they that's say. That's the thing. Like, so I, I actually, I was wearing this actually a couple weekends ago to visit a friend of mine. Okay. And she, she was like, oh, that's awesome. It's space. And I was like, yeah, it's real. You know, it's a real image. Here's the Horsehead Nebula and stuff. And she was like, oh, it just looks like a pattern to me. And I realized I was like, oh, like astronomers, I think, have this like sixth sense or something like that, where it's like we can pick out like, you know, that's a real galaxy. We don't always know the galaxy. Sometimes we do. That's a little bit of a party trick. Right. But like astronomers can distinguish real space from fake space a little bit. Okay. Um, and actually, a lot of the things, I mean, our favorite things, I think, are the real space, but also the fake space is pretty nice sometimes. You know, there's a lot like planetscapes and, you know, kind of different images put together and representative stuff. Um, one of the things that I don't know that I would love to find out is kind of what are, why some things look like space even when they're not space. We need and a neuroscientist. Of, yeah, for that. I want to do like a psych experiment of like what people recognize as space versus what they don't think is space. Right. I have this one dress. Yeah. 
that I bought at Macy's like several years ago, and it looks like one of the Hubble Deep Fields. And if you don't know what a Hubble Deep Field is, Google it right now. But okay. for most astronomers know, and I think a lot of science buffs knows, science buffs know that they're this like a, a dark field with just lots and lots of galaxies okay. in this field. Um, and there's there's several different kind of generations of them: Hubble Deep Field, Ultra Deep Field, Extreme Deep Field. And I have this one dress that's I really think it's just a pattern. It's like a black with a like a little bit of a splatter pattern and some different colors. But any astronomer looks at it and says, "That's where did you get that Hubble, Hubble Deep, Deep Field dress?" And I was like, Macy's Macy's at 34th Street. Like, it's I don't think it's the Hubble Deep Field. It could be and just very manipulated, but I haven't been able to actually match it up with any of the Hubble Deep Fields yet. I think um, it's like somebody saw the Hubble Deep Field and wanted to reproduce it as a pattern, but didn't yeah, actually maybe. use the physical one to go right. one to one. Right. Yeah, so it's like and the then same objects, but all so just basically some up. designer ripped off the Hubble Deep Field. That's basically <laughs> what you can. That's okay. That's what you Which is not bad at all. No, I'm not saying you know. Free to it's do. not like the Hubble Deep Field has like you know attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have kids. It doesn't have kids right. to feed or exactly anything. <laughs> right. You know what I mean. But then some of them are like every once in a while. Like I have this pair of leggings that I think are from like Coles or something like that. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, it looks like a you know a fake space. I thought, oh, like generic nebula or something like that. And then I looked at a particular shape on the leggings, and I was like, that looks familiar. And I actually noticed that it was, it's the LH95, I believe, the star forming region imaged by Hubble. And I was like, no, it is that same image. It's just very, very manipulated, you know, different colors and, and stuff like that. But it's, so it was like these leggings that, you know, I bought for $8 at Kohl's, like really are a real space image. a real image. space yeah. image, right. And yeah. we had, never kind of know. We had such a hilarious time once where there were these leggings um, that someone was wearing to do yoga in and they posted them oh, on Twitter. Yeah. And myself and Phil Plate had this whole back and forth going, I think it's this. No, I think it's this. Right. And we right. had like this cosmic detective yeah. hunt. Yeah. <laughs> we we finally found it. Yeah, we were joking about you being actually found it. agency. And I found it and right. I was like, done. Yeah. Right. But you had to keep zooming in and looking at it different ways yeah. to cool. it. Oh, that's cool. This is the kind oh, of well, stuff that, was... that keeps us up at night yeah. if we're not observing. Well, listen, there are worse things that keep you up at night. And for you, being pregnant, believe me, in just a little bit of time, believe me, something else is going to be keeping yeah. you up at night. All right. Uh, let's, um, I got I got one quick, quick question. And it says. Real quick? Real quick, because I know we're at the end of our show. And uh, at Witstap wants to know this. Do you think the designs and fashion and an incre has increased uh, female interest in astronomy or in any cosmos uh, field? Do you yeah. think that? That is is our hope. Well, I think honestly that it doesn't because it doesn't need to because I think women are already interested in science. Okay. Frankly, what I think that this does is this kind of normalizes the participation of women in science. Gotcha. And, you know, and other people, you know, because it's not just women that are interested in fashion, but oh, it, it normalizes this like you know, having hobbies and being interested in other things and also being enthusiastic about what you do and not necessarily, you know, only wearing like a graph paper shirt and, and dirty jeans or something like that. Cool. And um, being willing to to share the cosmos. Nice. And not just live in your own little universe. Well, I have enjoyed this. I think it was awesome for the fact that uh, we were able to talk about fashion and science, which you, when you think about it, you don't really think those two come together, like when you first think about it. But Maybe I have to yet. say, yeah. it, they do. They, they do. They awesome. do in a very big way. You've been listening to Star Talk All Stars. Thanks so much, Chuck, for co-hosting with us today. Thank you. Awesome.
I'm Emily Rice. Keep asking questions. And I'm Summer Ash. Hubble got you. This is Star Talk. Hot off the press from Maybelline New York, it's new Lifter Plump, an intense plumping lip gloss formulated with chili pepper to deliver a heated sensation for an instant plumping effect that lasts. From eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Cocoa Zing, and more, an extra-large wand applicator transforms lips in one swipe. Learn more at Maybelline.com. For a limited time, get 10% off your Lifter Plump purchase on Amazon with code 10PLUMP. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.